I'm Brittany Pompano. I'm the online pastor at Legacy Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. This is an original series on family relationships called This Is Us, a deep dive into the dynamics and design God has for your legacy. We hope this series encourages you and helps you experience what God is doing in your family. Enjoy the message. Amen. Cool. Hey, who has enjoyed our This Is Us sermon series? You guys gotten some good value out of it? Awesome. Well, hey, this morning we are going to wrap it up, and I want to introduce to you a couple of really good friends of ours. It's Ron and Stephanie Bloom. They are pastors of Mission Church. Will you give it up for Ron and Stephanie Bloom? Come on up here, guys. Will you help me get these, these mics? Yeah. Thank you. Um, these are some really, really cool people. And, and I don't just say that because you have tattoos and you're, you're wearing a button-down Un- unbuttoned. Uh, <laughs> these guys, uh, they gave more than almost every other church to us. I'm getting the kid. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have three flashing signs in the back. Send the kids away. So if you are kids and you want to go to kids church, please feel free to go to kids church. We will not bore you in here. We have an age appropriate thing for you. Uh, so please feel free to go with, uh, with Kelsey in the back. Uh, these guys gave almost more than any other church did when we started, uh, when we started Legacy. And, and I'm, I'm trying not to cry because you guys mean so much to me. But there was one time where I went and preached at their church right before we launched, and Ron came up to me, and he was like, hey, by the way, like, you see this pipe and drape? It's yours. You can take it with you. And I was like, wait, what? That's thousands of dollars of, of equipment. And then he goes, oh, yeah, but... If you knew him, he's kind of a talker, but he, he <laughs> we got some people from his church and they know. Um, he goes, also, we just wanted to bless you. And they, they handed us a check for $5,000 so that that legacy could, could kick off right. And so they just mean so much to us. And we're so grateful to have you guys and so excited to have you a part of this conversation. Uh, but then I'm also going to welcome Pastors Phil and Barbara and Brittany to the stage, and we're going to finish out this series strong. We are talking this morning about adding people to your family. Now, some of you, uh, some of you don't have to worry about this for a while. Whether you are giving birth, or you are marrying, or you are, uh, a sibling is getting married, something like that, adding people to your family changes the dynamic of the family drastically. It just does. That's, that's the way it works. And so we've been celebrating kids today. We've been celebrating the family. And we thought, man, what a better way to finish out this sermon series than to talk about uh, adding people to the family. And so I want you guys to feel free if you have questions. Um, I think we've got a Q&A uh, slide that we can put up there. Feel free to send us a text uh, because we want we want to talk with you. We want to answer the right questions. But this morning, we get to sit together and have a conversation about um, adding people to the family. I know that when, um, when Brittany and I got married, it was, I was the first in our family to get married. And adding somebody else was wild because it changed the dynamic, and we didn't necessarily see that coming. And then when Chelsea got married, she's here too this morning, uh, her husband, Brandon, changed the dynamic again, and it was wild again. And it wasn't bad. It was just different than the way we grew up, and that's okay. I, I think it's actually good for things to change. If they change, it means there's, there's growth. And so um, 
I would love it. Pastor Phil, would you kick us off and just talk just for a second? What was it like to add somebody to your family? Hi, add-on. Brittany was the first one that that we added on, and I think Brittany waited for me as her father-in-law-to-be to say, I love you to her. And I, I don't say that guardingly, uh, but when I say I love you, um, there's a commitment that yeah. goes along with that. Uh, love, I think, is a decision. Yeah. And so Barbara and I had decided when you guys were, were just little guys that when we had in-laws come into the family, we wanted to accept them into our family as our own. Right. And so I, I may have, you may have thought I was putting you off, Brittany, but I really wasn't. But when Kyle proposed to you, I think it was shortly after that, that I told you for the first time that I love you because I had made that decision based on the decision that he had made that I choose, I choose to love you from this point on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and I can honestly say that today that I love Brittany with all of my heart. She is, she's a wonderful addition, as is Brandon, to, to our family. Uh, Two, months later. <laughs> Two in six months' time. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was uh, uh, kind of a lot, you know, to have two weddings in six months, but uh, so grateful for the selection of spouses that you and uh, Chelsea have made. Kellen too. and Natalie, pressure's on. Yeah. Well, when we, were, when we were studying, we read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, and it says this, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And so I think one of the things that we're going to be able to share with you today is you have the opportunity to decide in advance how you're going to treat people that you welcome into your family. I know that there are mothers-in-law and fathers-in-law that, that have not chosen this, and they didn't think about how, how are we going to treat this person? How are we going to love this person? Are we going to love this person? And I want you guys to have the opportunity today to start making some decisions for your future. Saying, man, God's got something for me, and I want to partner with him. Pastor Ron, Pastor Stephanie, would you guys share just for a second, what was it like? Because you guys just added multiple people to your family. Oldest is 23, and he got married two years ago, right. um, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Um, and, so, and they just had their first baby Yeah. Uh, five weeks ago, which is super exciting. And our youngest is getting married November 20th. Awesome. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of changes, a lot of, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Yeah. One of the things that, that uh, you know, Kyle's talking about putting forethought into things. You're going to hear this a million times, and then you're going to be 50, and you're going to know it. Um, <laughs> your life's going to go so much faster than you think it will. Yep. I still carry two pacifiers in the center console of my truck from two guys I used to know. <laughs> and it seems like, it's not that I never clean out my truck, I promise. Um, <laughs> it goes so fast, but what we chose to do when they were born, in fact, when we knew they were, they were coming, we began to pray for them. We began to pray for their wives. We began to pray for their kids. Yeah. You have to choose to have a legacy. It doesn't happen by accident. Wow. 
you choose to do it and you begin to make plans, you need to make space in your heart for another person to come along. And again, we prayed for those people to be Christians, for them to worship the Lord with all their heart, all those things. But in, in any case, though, that you're going to honor, that you're going to love, that you're going to make room for them, that's a choice you make. Life, if you let it happen to you, it will. It totally will. But if you choose to and you walk through it, you're going to end up with a legacy and something really valuable. And so I think, like Phil said, one of the things that we did right off the bat, too, and I know you guys are your pastor's home. Um, if you've ever been in a pastor's home, they're regular people. And um, I remember when Stephanie married into my family to come to a multi-generational pastor's home for Christmas. She just, her eyes were like saucers because they were <laughs> laughing and cracking jokes and teasing each other. She didn't know pastors talked like that. You know, again, nothing, nothing weird or anything nasty like that, but it was just the fun of it all and, and teasing and laughing and, and that joy. And so for us even, as soon as both these gals came to our house even, we, we literally had a conversation at the front door. Like, hey, this is a regular house. We love you. If you have any questions, if you wonder why we do things the way we do, right. if you want to hear any stories, just let us know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's just, again, choosing to, to bring someone in and kind of opening the door for them and making room for them. I like that you said you have to choose to make a legacy. Uh, my guitar teacher earlier in life, he used to say, uh, don't let it happen, make it happen. And you have, to, you have to literally choose to make your legacy ahead of time. And that's what Ephesians says. He says he, he decided in advance what he was going to do. And then not only did he decide in advance, but it gave him great pleasure to do that. Like he gets excited about adding people to his family. That's why every single Sunday when we add people to his family, we celebrate with them because, man, there's a party in heaven and you are now a part of this family. Concept of, of legacy of passing from one generation to the next is uh, it, it is so scriptural uh, of, of what you have read in uh, Ephesians one five mm -hmm. that that God decided, but it takes faithful people. Yeah, and so I know like for for Barbara and I in raising our kids, the only the only reason that we were able to raise our kids the way that we did was because of our parents and even our grandparents. So Levi today, um, and on Barbara's side, uh, her mom and dad are part of the online church as well. Yeah. And they're watching from, from Arkansas this morning, and they're, they got to see their great-grandson being dedicated. But they prayed. Yeah. They prayed, and their parents right. prayed. So on Barbara's side of the family, I think Levi is, what, fifth? generation fifth generation in a row ser serving Jesus Christ wow. that is not done by accident right no that's really good um, I, I think one of the flaws of our generation is that we want authenticity but we refuse to be intentional and I want you guys to understand that it, intentionality is what's going to take you and your family to the next level I mean when we talk about generations and generations like Five generations ago, they made a decision, and that's, that's up to us today. We get to make that decision for ourselves. And it might not just be the, the adding to our family, but it might be, hey, we're going to choose how we're going to be known in the future. 
We're going to choose how we're going to be known in our friendships, in our relationships with people. We're always going to point people towards Jesus. Actually, Levi is the sixth generation. Wow. Yeah, it's cool because even my great-grandparents were, were Christians. But we were talking about this verse this week, and it just hit me um, with, with like a lot of joy that God decided in advance. Yeah. He did a lot of that. He did a lot of deciding in advance, and then he spoke the word, and it happened, and everything has worked for down through the ages because he decided in advance, and he just made it happen. And it says um, he made way by making a way for us to come to him through Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he prepared the way for us to be with him, and that whole thing brought him so much pleasure. Yeah. Do you know what it feels like you do? You're here. To know that God Almighty thought about you before you were even a sparkle in your mother and dad's eye. <laughs> and he thought through your life and he made a way for you to come in close contact with him through his son Jesus. He made that way. And it made him happy. Mm-hmm. And to bring people into our family should make us happy. And we have to provide whatever it is that um, causes those people to feel as excited about being a part of our family as, as God did, you know, about yeah. us, and we feel about being a part of his family. Yeah. That, that verse is phenomenal to me. Well, and, and also when you add people to your family and you decide in advance, you're being like God. We're called, to to, we're called to be imitators of, mm-hmm. of God. And, and when we do this, this is one way that we get to imitate God. Um, another thing is we need to have a mindset towards our family's future. I'm curious, what did you guys do to set your mindset early marriage before you had kids uh, to prepare for your family's future? <laughs> I, I want to I know what she says, so... Well, I was just, we were married seven years before we had our first child, and that was very intentional. It's sure. a lot of preparing. A lot, a lot of preparing. Yeah. But, um, you know, but we just, we, we got married young. I was 20, he was 22. And so we, we knew we were getting married young, but we wanted to create a life together. Yeah. Not build separate lives and try to merge them later. That's very hard. It's better to build together, which both my boys are very young, getting married, but they followed our example, which sure. is very um, honoring. Yeah. You know, we didn't tell them you had to get married young. They obviously chose to. But um, so we built our life together. So seven years. But I remember um, with Riley, when we first found out we were pregnant, we were both like, oops, now what do we do? Because, you know, for seven years. Um, but I think the first thing we did was get life insurance. I mean, that was the very first thing we did was put life insurance on us because now we had another person. Sure. To, I mean, that's just the practical, not the godly. But that's very important, too. Yeah, nothing will grow you up faster than realizing that other people are counting on you. Yeah. And, and again, um, I love what you did this morning in handing the dads a towel. Um, I, I will always, uh, and I think most of us guys will, I will always put a lot of weight on dads. I think moms already have weight on them. It just kind of <laughs> comes with the territory. So, so guys, I mean, for real, um, say getting life insurance. I know this is just practical stuff. I did not, if for any reason, if I was to pass away and don't think you can't or, or won't, you might. I hope you don't. But my oldest was two weeks old, and I got ran off the freeway by a cement truck. And what ran through my head was, I do not want my wife in dire straits, nor do I want her feeling like she's got to marry the first financial prospect that came along that might be a jerk. 
And now that person has a place in my child's life. And so just practical things. We begin to set up things for the future. We begin to, again, we got life insurance. We made purchases. We saved money. We, we invested money. I, I, can, I can run through all this for hours with you if you ever want to talk about it. But just little incremental things here and there to where now 31 years later after being married. I've known Stephanie for 32 years. We've been married 31 years. And, and all these years later, um, there is a, a, not just a legacy but when, um, when Proverbs talks about setting aside an inheritance for your children, I'm not kidding. We started with zip. Our parents did not do that for us. And, and, and we set aside an inheritance. We worked hard. We've taught our kids to work hard. We set that all in motion a long time ago. And uh, again, just to, to, to bring it down to practical levels, I did Kate and Riley's, which is my oldest son, I did Kate and Riley's wedding. I know you've probably done your kids' weddings, right? And I stopped the wedding at one point. I looked at my soon-to-be daughter-in-law, and I told her, I said, we've been praying for you since before he was born. And I said, I want you to understand something today with the person you're becoming. All of that blessing and all of that goodness and all of that hope is landing on you, and you are now who we prayed for. And we all just kind of had a private moment and sat there and cried because it was, you know, 20-some years of God's goodness all coming to, to fruition in that moment. Yeah. And it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see. Uh, but, yeah, you just it's the practical daily small decisions you make. Right. I think uh, the verse you were mentioning we actually have written down uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty two says, "A good person leaves an inheritance for the children for their children's children, mm-hmm. but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous." And in Hebrew, the word "good," how do you say it? Tov. 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 I don't speak Hebrew, but <laughs> um, it actually means pleasant, agreeable. So, a pleasant, agreeable person, which I think we can all identify, would be all of us, right? I'm pleasant and agreeable, right? I hope you're pleasant and agreeable. Um, Leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier this week that uh, there's there's not a lot of forethought that are going into people's lives. And and so Brittany and I, it's not really been a secret, we're trying to buy a house. We've been saving to buy a house. And it's interesting, when when you start thinking about the next generation... Like, we're no longer buying the house for us. We're buying something for Levi to step into, right? And, and then we're, we're going to make sure that we leave things to his kids so the kids that we're now praying for in his family, we want to make sure that we're caring for them. And I think it's more than monetary, it's spiritual. Like, be, be smart with your money, but then bring the spiritual into it. In the, uh, in the Old Testament, the word good is mentioned many, many, many times. And that word being tov, uh, spelled T-O-W-B in, uh, in English, but pronounced T-O-V, tov. Uh, and it, it, it does carry the meaning of being pleasant, of being agreeable, but it also carries with it a contractual mm-hmm. element. When God created the heavens and the earth, after each day of creation, he looked at what he created that day, and he said, that is good. Well, good, according to me, is about a C plus. Sure. 
It's okay. just not it's bad. Just, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hey, I got plenty of C's in school, which meant, okay, yeah, yeah, it's okay. You know, not great. Not, 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 not the, the best in the world, but not the worst either. But you're, you're when, getting when, like waved on in the back. I like, know. Yeah, way to go. Yeah, yeah appreciate it. <laughs> but when God created the heavens and the earth, when God created man, he looked at it and he said, you know what? That's very good. So is that saying that mankind is a B plus? It's, it's got to be more than that. Yeah. But there is a covenantal element to the word good in the Old Testament, meaning that God is is contractually obligated to what he created. Mm -hmm. And so when we, as husbands and wives, create a family, we are contractually arranging our lives in such a way that we are bound legally in the sight of God to those children. So how do we act that out? The way that Ron and Stephanie have said, by doing little incremental things every step of the way of, you know, setting up finances, setting up insurances, setting up homes in in such a way that you can pass that legacy along Mm -hmm. because we are, quote, good parents. More on the agreeable and pleasant aspects, too. In my preparation for this message, um, this, this, you know, this discussion really, um, I think practical ways to go about that, to be pleasant, to be agreeable, is to not take offense, right? We get so caught up, especially in today's age, where it's like, if you don't believe what I do, or if you did that, and you did that with the... I Give people the benefit of the doubt, really. Especially people coming into your family, don't assume that they're trying to attack your family. I, I really don't think they are. I mean, use discernment. You know, sometimes some weird situations happen, but... Um, I think a big piece of life advice that people, especially Kyle at home, hears me talk about in being agreeable with others and being pleasant is communicating, right? And in order to communicate, if there's something something happening, whether it be as with the person that's coming into your family or the family that you're coming into or even just in relationships just across the way, like you can't be mad at somebody for something that they don't know that they did. Right. And so talk about it. If you feel like, <laughs> hey, I feel slighted by you, or I was upset by you, or this or that or whatever, be agreeable, be good, be tov. <laughs> Hebrew, right? <laughs> um, and talk it out. Say, hey, you know what? This is something I'm feeling. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Chances are they don't realize they're doing it or they're, you know, that wasn't their intention or whatever. So I, that's kind of my feelings no, on that. That's thought. really good. And, and I think uh, when we do that, when we are agreeable, when we realize that the word that God uses on you, which by the way, in case you didn't know this, God looked at every single one of us and said, that's good. Like, that's really good. He's very happy with every single person that he made. Do you know that? It says that he knit you together in your mother's womb, so he intimately knows everything about you already. And so when we partner with the Holy Spirit, when we are agreeable and we go to somebody and and help solve conflict like we talked about last week, I think the, the, the second part of the first verse that we read says, and it pleased him to do this. I think when we come and, and bring harmony in our families, it pleases God. Mm-hmm. 
and it pleases you. How many could use a little bit more harmony in your home? I can, and I would say we've got a fairly, a fairly harmonious home, but I'll take a double portion. <laughs> I'll, I'll take more harmony. I'll take more agreeableness. Then you also need to realize that that starts with you. You have to be the carrier of harmony in your home. Dads, this is not just your responsibility. Moms, it's not just your responsibility. This is everyone's personal responsibility to bring harmony to the home. Um, yeah, Stephanie. Like just real quick, because yeah. like she said, um, sometimes it's a disagreement, but honestly, sometimes they're just not nice sometimes. And, that's, and it's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. being very honest. Sometimes they're just, you know, and Careful. you have to choose. <laughs> I know. You have to choose to love them anyway. Right, right. And through love, they will come back around. Right. You know, again, we have a daughter-in-law, and, and I love my daughter-in-law. She, God picked her for my son. That's so I, cool. I, it's just amazing. But it's a growing period, and it's for her to adjust to me and me to adjust to her, and I don't want to be that mother-in-law. So I strive to just show <laughs> a lot of love. Right. Um, and I will. I think we're doing pretty good. We sure. just got home yesterday from a two-week vacation, all of us together Whoa. in a trailer in a Whoa. truck. Um, yeah. That would even, test How many that. miles did we drive? Too many. We went all the way up to Yellowstone, then out to South Dakota. Mount, went to Mount Rushmore. Very patriotic. You should go. Um, <laughs> and then back down through Colorado at the bottom of Colorado and home. So I don't know how many miles that was, but was I'm going to guess is over 4,000. Yeah, yeah 4,000 miles together, and they chose to do it with us. Yeah. And so to me, that is like, you know, I, I'm just in awe of God's goodness, but his wisdom to me of just keeping my mouth shut sometimes. Yeah. Um, and loving them anyway. Sure. It's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. And knowing that they're just they're they're going through a day. They're going through a moment, just like I have my days in my moment. So that's critical in bringing someone into your family is just quiet and listen. So then let me ask you this. We we did get somebody who texts a question in and it says, What if your family is rejecting the change that comes with the addition to the family? How do you handle that? How do, you, how do you keep harmony in those moments? Her hands are talking. <laughs> Pray. 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 You know, just at the outset, I, I would say again, uh, love is a decision. Right. And, and you have to decide early on mm -hmm. that you are going to accept that in-law or that other family member as, as your own. And we, we were raised in a culture uh, in, in our home and in Barbara's home where um, divorce was never mentioned. Right. It, it was never on the table. And um, I, I am so thankful for that because, yes, uh, bringing in-laws in can be difficult, I'm sure if you got the truth out of Brittany, she would say, at times, my father-in-law is just a jerk. You know, because, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm human. I, I'm human. And, and on all of us, at, at certain times, act that way. Uh, I don't think we're jerks, though. I mean, <laughs> we, we're me that, human. Mike. We're human, and we all have, you know, this, this whole crushing of ourselves and so that other sure. people can have part of their way, and we can have part of our way, and, and it's not always smooth. In our family, right. it's just not always smooth, but it has always worked out because we keep at it, 
and we pray. It's like Brittany was saying. Yeah, never, never giving up. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you just don't give up. You just keep working at it, and eventually you come to some kind of a compromise, and it works out, right. uh, especially if you all want that. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to choice. Yeah. Yes. Choice. So yes. are the parents making the choice or the kids making the choice? It depends on the situation, quite honestly. Sure. Yeah, I, I, it depends on the situation, but it's choice. It's you're choosing to love. Yeah. Every day you get up and you choose to love. I think as parents, the, the rule always has to be, and again, certainly guys, the rule always has to be you go first. Sure. Yeah. You're, you're, it, when, even when we talk about investing, it's not all about just giving your kids this big wad at the end of the, right? <laughs> That's not, it's actually teaching them to live a life that way, right. too. Right, right. So even when you're honoring, even when you're doing those things, we, we raised our kids, and uh, man, you, you honor your elders, you honor your grandparents, don't let me find out you, you backtalk your, your grandparents. Right. You know, they, or, or other folks in church and things like that. You were respectful, and, and that has play years later. And so one of the big things that I think has been really important for me, if I look at Scripture, the, the, the overarching view of who God is, and then in Jesus coming to earth, is this incarnational idea that God is who he is, and he is perfect, but he chose, he chose to become a man and to insert himself into a culture and learn the language, learn the humor, eat the food. It's It's amazing. And, and, and he, to get close to us, he let go of everything he had in heaven and took on the form of a man. Well, so what does that say about entering into a family, entering into relationship? Yeah. It ain't all about you. That's what it says. <laughs> it ain't all about you. Yeah. And, and the truth of the matter is, even in the Christian life, our goal, I want you to hear this, our goal is to be like Jesus, Right? I, who, who here wants to be like Jesus? Yeah, of course. So, most of you. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> all right. But the assumption in there is you're not like him yet because you're trying to be like him, right? So you, you just have to get it in your own head and your own skin right. that, hey, I obviously am not there yet, so right. I'm going to give this person some grace, and I'm going to allow for the fact, no matter how much I think I know, I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right. And, right. And, so, but it, and that's being taught through the entire process and over all the years. And so, yeah. uh, again, even as spouses come in, learning to interact with that grace and that generosity. That's really good. And being able to admit when you're wrong. Yeah. As the parent, the, the adult, whatever, when I make a mistake, I do my best to apologize to my children, to my daughter-in-law, my, you know, whatever. Because, again, I am flawed, and I have my moments. Yeah. If I'm tired or, you know, whatever, we... Even pastors' families, and it was funny because your sixth generation. What is your family generation? I just a little hope for you. Five all. or six now, right? Five I'm six. first generation, okay, and I married into a pastor's family. And there's hope. You don't need five, six, seven generations of right. church to right. start. Let your yes. if you're the first, no let vision. your be the beginning of your legacy for your family. Yes, like Rick, right here. He's the first in his, and so and it's just it's beautiful to see. Yeah, and God all loves us all the same. That's so good. Uh, it's funny because when we, when we wrote down all of our notes, we put, how do you practically do this to kind of answer the question that was asked? And number one is listen more than we speak. Uh, number two is put other interests before your own. And then number three is remember who our enemy is. Who is our struggle really with? Mm-hmm. Your, your struggle is not with the family member that's giving you a hard time. Your struggle is with the enemy 
that they haven't fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit in that moment. And so really, I think it's a personal, uh, a personal decision, but also a personal responsibility that we have at all times to be like the Holy Spirit and to let him speak into our lives. Yes. Um, really quick, but I know we've got to wrap this up here. We've got another question, and it says this. For a single person who wants to build a family with a good legacy, what are some practical advice, uh, what is some practical advice to start setting that up now before I get married? Marry someone who loves Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Marry someone yeah. who loves Jesus, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I'd Be say. In church. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, go ahead. Oh, I'd say um, we talked about this two weeks ago um, in dating. Uh, check out our podcast, Legacy Church OC. I'm plugging that all the days. But, I love it. Um, you know, really, if our goal as Christ followers is to be like Christ and to do everything unto Christ for his glory, mm-hmm. then just keep in your head that that's your goal. Yeah. And the rest will, I honestly, I think the rest will fall into place. Like the Lord has a plan for you. And as long as you're pursuing him, he's going to make the way for you. And he's going to bring the people in your life that need to be in your life that are pivotal in that way. Um, But I would just say, just keep pushing for God because that's going to attract the right person. That's going to set your legacy up in the fact that if you're tithing, that's something, you know, that God calls us to. If you are, you know, helping the widows and the orphans, if you're helping, if you are doing these things, that living a Christ-like life, I think pursuing your relationship with God is, like, the best way to That's start good. that. That's really good. Okay, I've told my kids this. Date for a while. Um, you know, someone can say they love the Lord, you need to go through all four seasons. You need to see their friends. You need to be with them with their family. Uh, you need, you know, of course, sometimes alone, but with their friends. You need to see them in a lot of different situations to understand that what they say they believe, they really believe. Um, you can hide stuff. You can hide who you are for a while. But eventually, you're going to see if that person really does have a love for God in the consistency. And I say, like, a year. Make it at least a year. Yeah. How long did you guys date? (laughs) Next question. Actually, actually, we did not date very long. We we dated six months. Uh, And then I proposed to mom, but uh, we were also um, a little bit on the older side. Sure. Um, And more mature and further uh, in your walk. Well, you know what? I'll I'll just be honest with you. Uh, Generally, after about five months, uh, I got dumped. Mm. Okay, so when I dated, you lasted you lasted longer than five months. I think this is another mind. counseling yeah, session <laughs> right here. I've got I've got a therapist that I, I'm going to send you guys to. <laughs> no, <laughs> let you work through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- we we've been married 35 years now, and yeah. uh, and and going strong. Uh, so we maybe didn't uh, reach that one year mark because uh, we dated for six months. I proposed, and four months later we got married. Um, and uh, we actually uh, put our wedding off one week, uh, and Gina is sitting over here. Her mom and dad were the reason that we had to put the wedding off a week because they said we absolutely refused to do the flowers on Valentine's Day, and we were going to get married on Valentine's Day. They said, you have to wait a week if you want us to do your flowers. (laughs) So uh, 
Six months and one week. Six months and one week. Or eight, yeah, ten months and, there, there and one, one week th through the whole process. Yeah, Stephanie. We dated two months. We were married six months later. Ay, ay, ay. So, okay. Okay, I'm off the hook. Well. So, again, and I think that, I, but I had been praying. Yeah. And I was young, but I had made many mistakes. Um, and I got to the point where I was just back in church and, and faithfully praying, and God, please Bring me the next person that you want. I want it to be the person you want for me. And right, I right. and I think because I was in a broken place and I was hurting and I was very sincere. And I met him like a couple weeks later. And so I told him no. Because I was waiting for who God had for me. Right. So and you're not it. <laughs> because it was too quick. And it wasn't him personally. And so that's just really funny because and, and then I told her, I will be at your house at seven o'clock and you'll embarrass both of us if you're not ready for dinner. That's Kind of how we started. It, so it was, you know, I but, mean, but God, it really happened, yeah. yeah. Baller. <laughs> so one year is a good idea for sure, but when you know and if you're really pursuing the Lord and he is really directing you, I think sure. you'll know that also. Um, and it's it's been wonderful, but we've had our ups and we've had our downs just like anybody else. We're a normal couple. Yep. We have this same normal fights. We have, you know, we're very normal. Yeah. But our first and priority is always God. Yeah. God is the head of our household. Um, our children, even in our arguing with our children, my son, when he was a teenager, I just love this story. He kept coming to me, arguing, arguing, but, but mom, it's legal now, and I'm a marijuana, right? When it became, but I can start smoking. <laughs> and um, we have normal kids. Um, and I said, okay, but so is abortion. So if society says abortion is okay, and they're saying pot's okay, why don't you go talk to God, because you're not listening yeah. to me. Yeah. And he was 17, and he did, and he, okay. Yep. And so, and we did that with teenagers. Like, you go talk to God because you don't want right. to hear from me. Here's the word, and inevitably, thank Lord, He was protecting them and guiding them. But yeah, that's kind of how we've dealt with Him too. And I'll, I'll say one thing real quick, and I think this has kind of been alluded to, but but there's going to be real evidence. Yeah, you're um, you're going to fall in love with somebody thinking that they're going to be just amazing and they're going to be great and they're just so awesome and they're beautiful and handsome and charming and all these things. And you're going to get married and find out you married a sinner um, real quick. <laughs> real, It's going to take a few weeks and that bad breath in the morning is going to hit you like a freight train. Um, not my wife, just other people. <laughs> but you do, you choose to love and serve. You choose. And yeah. so those are real practical things and I, I know and this is something that again you're all uh, a lot of you guys are young um how many of you guys think rick is the oldest person in the room he is trust me um we tease rick all the time but but there's something that is it's it's about doing real things and this is the absolute truth we were married 31 years ago. I can tell you, I can tell you, Stephanie pretty much handles most of the finances when it comes to the day-to-day -day writing checks, getting bills paid, that kind of stuff. I can tell you, I told her specifically, you know, when we were dating, hey, I want to marry somebody who goes to church every week, serves and loves the Lord, tithes. Yep. Right? These, these are real practical things. I can tell you what we tithed the first year we were married. 31 years ago, we tithed $3,400 in one year. And I don't know what you guys think people made that many years ago, but it wasn't that much. But but I was I was so happy to be married to somebody who took it seriously. Yeah, it was real. And so again, that has play. It has play over a year. It has a lot of play over thirty and fifty years. Yeah, and that's a legacy. That's really good. Um, I know that we need to kind of wrap this up because we've got some tacos to get to. Um, but I think to answer the question and really to, to finish out the conversation, you need to realize that your legacy is up to you. 
It starts with you. It's up to you. Make the decision now. Make the decision to, to be like Jesus now. Uh, the person who asked, what's, what's some practical advice? I'm going to give you some practical advice. Be like Jesus now. Devote your life to Jesus now. Speak to him. Talk to him. Let him speak back to you because guess what? If you will just be quiet for a little bit, he will speak to you. It's crazy, but that's how a conversation goes. But it happens in the spiritual that he wants to speak to you. He wants to touch you. He wants to, to have your heart so that when conflict comes, so that when you go through dating and discipline and, and uh, conflict and, and finances, he can deal with all of that by talking to your heart. And I know that this is kind of a different format, and, and this is the, the last of, of the series, and so I just want to give you guys one more opportunity to have this moment where you make a decision that Christ is going to be the center of my life. Christ is going to be the very center of my marriage, of my family, of all of my relationships. It's going to be out of that relationship that I live, I being you. And the way we do that is, is we say a prayer and we invite Christ into our lives where we give him control. The Bible says this, that if, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. That's it. The problem is most churches make that the finish line and we make it the, the, the starting line. When you say amen, now you have an entire life to step into. You have gifts to work in. You have situations to bring Jesus into. I know there are people here who are working in places that need Jesus, and he needs you to take him in. There are people here who need Jesus to move in their family, and Jesus is waiting and willing to do it. He needs you to usher him in to your family. I know that there are single people here who have been praying, God, is there anyone for me? I remember praying that prayer. My dad said that prayer. Is there just one? Can there just be one for me? Well, God has that person for you. He's needing you to invite him into that space. So I'd love it if we do this together. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes for just a second? I was telling our, our, our crew earlier that we do all of this. We do the setup, the teardown. We bring in taco trucks. We have coffee for you. Um, we do it all for this moment right here so that you can have an intimate conversation with Jesus Christ. And so I'd love it if you would all say this prayer with me and say, Dear Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and make me like you. Help me create a legacy that honors you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you just said that prayer with us for the first time, would you raise your hand? We want to celebrate with you. That's awesome. One, two, three. That is so good. I love it. Hey, if you said it and you're watching online, would you do me a favor? Would you put the little raised hand emoji? We'd love to reach out to you. Make sure that you get a Bible. Now, here's the thing. What's next? You just gave your life to Jesus. What's next? Well, I'll tell you. The next thing that you need to do is get into essentials. Get into Essentials next Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. 
be here because we want to discover with you what are your gifts? What has God put inside of you? How can we come alongside you and minister to you? And then also, if you don't have a Bible, we want to get a Bible in your hand. So go see Kellen after church. He has Bibles for you. We want to make sure that you have that as a resource. Now, we have one more thing that we got to do as a, as a family, and that's pray over tacos. They don't need the blessing. I know they're pre-blessed. Tacos are always pre-blessed. So Jesus, I pray that you would bless this food to our bodies. God, thank you for this family. Thank you for this series. God, you have spoken so much to our hearts. And now I pray that as we go, we wouldn't forget it, but we would take this and run with it. Help us build legacies that honor you and encourage people. Father, I pray that you would bless us now as we eat. Thank you for the team of people who have made the tacos for us. I pray that you would bless them, go before them, bless their, their family and their businesses. God, we're so grateful. We give you all the honor and all the praise. And everyone said together, amen. 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 Guys, thank you for being here for the, the finale of This Is Us. You guys are dismissed. Let's go get some tacos together. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.